like equals pain. And I think if that's you, if discipline equals pain, that's where your problem is. Uh, because discipline actually doesn't equal pain. Discipline equals freedom. And it, it equals inheritance. And it equals an incredible life. And sometimes it involves pain. Uh, so we're gonna talk about discipline. Um, these guys are disciplined guys. Um, sometimes. And um, we thought, hey, why not have coffee while we're at it? Um, so this is, how disciplined and amazing is this? So we're going to talk about some discipline. Uh, you guys know Pastor Ed, give him a hand. Is it turned on, Pastor Ed? Uh, yes. yes. How we doing? And you guys know Pastor Scott? How we doing, church? Doing all right? Okay, so we thought it would be a great idea to start with a poll. So we're going to take a poll across the audience, right? So you are honest. Let's give it up for Josh. What the heck? How did Josh get a louder cheer than all of us? <laughs> Good on you, Josh. Really, guys? Wow. Okay. Um, so that's Josh, and he's making the coffee. Um, I'll have a flat white. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, a second. Yeah. Thank you. Three. <laughs> Three. About 500. So, <laughs> yeah. so we're going to take a live poll. We're going to say a couple of statements, and if you, are, if you fall into that particular category, all you've got to do is put your hand up. Okay? Let's all practice. Who looks amazing tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone should put their hand up for that. Okay, whose neighbor looks amazing? Yeah, yeah, you need to put your hand up, otherwise you'll get in trouble. Okay. All right, all right. All right, so this is a safe place. All right, no judgment, no judgment. But the first question you want to ask is how many people started a diet but didn't follow through? Show of hands. Yeah, we just got real. Okay, that's a, that's a healthy proportion. It's a one-day diet, a one-day diet. <laughs> who, who joined the gym the next week you quit? All my friends out there. Just me, all right, cool. Just the only that. honest one in the room, wow. yeah. Um, who has ever set their alarm in the morning and either didn't get up or hit the snooze? <laughs> come on, my honest people. That's why they come to night service. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good call, actually, that's a good point. Okay, so how many people decided they were going to take a break from social media, but then the next day you're posting selfies? Come on. <laughs> we all know who you are. Can so we point good. at people? Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. How many people have ever opened a block of chocolate and thought, I'm only going to have one piece? One, and then nip minute, gone. It's amazing how, like, a block of chocolate can sit in the fridge for weeks. Then the moment you open it, it's gone in hours, let alone maybe minutes. Yeah, minutes. In some houses. Just breathe it in. Uh, on, a, on another note, we want to say, who wishes they could do more than what they're currently doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon there's something inside of all of us that says, I want to be able to do more than where I'm currently doing. I want, I want to go forward. I want to, I want to advance in the things. I want to advance in my world, but I want to advance in the things God has for me. But one thing I've come to realize, especially looking at Ed and Esther's lives, uh, is that you ever seen those people and they just got everything sorted? Ah, uh, like their finances are tight. Their marriage is tied. They can sing and preach and sing. <laughs> but you look, you look at people that are healthy, and, and often we can look at people in the world and go, man, how come they can just do everything? Like, how come they can just nail everything? And Yeah, it's true. I think when you, when you get close to these kind of people, you realize there's a common trait. There's this, there's this thread that runs through each of their lives, and that common thread is vision. It's vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. Now, if I were to ask each person in the room, if you wanted more discipline, now I'm willing to bet that nine out of 10, if not all of you, would say yes. Every one of us wants more discipline in life. We wanna, we wanna live the kind of life that Scott's been talking about, but 
But it's amazing how few of us truly understand what it is. You know, we, we see it from a distance, we admire it, but we don't really understand it. See, most people don't know how to develop discipline, let alone know how to put it to work in your everyday life. So where then does discipline come from? Discipline begins with vision. It begins with vision. It begins with seeing something bigger. Now, if, if you would imagine two uh, prison inmates sharing a cell, and in the cell there was one window. Now, both those inmates would spend their days gazing out the window. And one of them, all they could see is bars. All they could see is bars. They're looking out the window, they see the bars that are restricting them from freedom. And so it's gonna take just a, a matter of time before they start feeling depressed, before they feel restricted, before their vision starts to close in on their own situation. But the second inmate looks beyond the bars and sees the sky. They see the birds soaring through the, 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 the current of the winds. They, they see the, 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 the world around them. And hope begins to rise up in the heart of that inmate. See, where one person sees bars, the other person sees stars, right? See, discipline allows us to see beyond the situation that we're currently in and allows us to see into the future. Now, if you're struggling to move forward in life, I'm willing to bet that it's not a discipline issue. I'm willing to bet that it's a, it's a vision issue. It's a vision issue. You know, all of us wishes we could change our behavior. We, we wish we could do our homework on time. We wish we could follow up on those leads. We wish we could take care of ourselves better. We wish we could quit smoking or get in shape, eat healthier, spend more time with family, save for that holiday, take charge of our finances, spend more time reading the Bible and talking to God. You know, we wanna see a change in life. We even put some of those measures into practice. But for many of us, we, we struggle to follow through. See, Romans 12 says this, it says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, discipline isn't about beating our bodies into submission. It's about seeing life from a whole new perspective. Yeah. Right. It's right. about having a transformation of the way you think. Now, I know that that word vision can intimidate a lot of people. A lot of people think, man, that's, that's pretty out there. It's reserved for, the, for, for artists or authors or astrophysicists. You know, people have creative ideas who can dream and, and conspire. But I believe that vision is, is really for ordinary people with ordinary families and ordinary relationships. See, simply put, vision answers the question why. It gives the why behind the what. See, vision enables us to see possible solutions to everyday problems. Instead of seeing bars, we see stars. Vision enables us to see the future we hope for, and all of a sudden, pain has a purpose. Pain has a purpose. You know, Pastor Sam mentioned it before uh, in our earlier service, Jesus it says of Jesus that for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. He was able to endure that pain because he had a vision of something better. See, vision enables us to commit to the training because we can see the fruit from all that labor. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, if you don't have the vision, like Ed said, the, the pain doesn't make sense. And yeah. often the process God has us on often doesn't always look like the promise God has for us, but it's actually the process God has us on that determines the promise and the end result. And so, so it's so important to have the vision of the promise, but actually to hold to the process God has us on. And actually discipline helps us to stay in the process God has us on. And actually in 1 Timothy 4 uh, verse 7, it says this, do not waste your time arguing over godless ideas or old wives, old wives tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly, and that, that word in there, train, can actually uh, be translated as discipline yourselves, and the, the Greek, the original Greek meaning of the word discipline can actually come from the word in that scripture, uh, gymnasio, uh, and gymnasio simply means to exercise yourself or put yourself through physical training, but it wasn't just a nice, easy training. Actually talked to the training of that of Olympic athletes. It was actually referring to Olympic athletes and more specifically, they call it around their core training. 
So it was, it was actually a depth of training. It was a, it was a strong restriction. But at, at, at Olympic trains hard because they got a big vision. They train hard because they got a big vision. And really, if you look at the job of a coach, a, a coach's job in terms of a sports person is, is simply to make people do what they don't want to do to achieve what they've always wanted to achieve. And really when it comes to our lives, there's times where we have to do what our feelings might not necessarily want to do in order to become the people we want to become. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Um, you know, because I play a lot of sports. <laughs> All the time, yeah. Do lots of training like an Olympic athlete. No, I don't. Um, but there was this one time where I went to the gym regularly. Yeah, oh, regularly. Yeah. And, how, um, many, how regular is that? Look. Oh, we don't go into detail. One regular week. Yeah, Look, yeah, yeah. regularly once. Yeah, it was a regular day. Look, my regular was at the beginner level of the grand total of one time per week. That is regular. It was regular, yeah, and regular. I went one time per week. But the thing is, is that I went with my e-group. Um, so we would have e-group, and then after e-group, we would go to the gym together. And the reason why we did that is because I didn't trust myself to just be like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the gym. Um, what I needed to do was to have friends walk alongside me and help to coach me right. and help to do life with me and also to do this thing which, which we're gonna call advanced decision making, which is not like decision making at another level, um, but it's decision making in advance. Great. So I'm going to decide to go to the gym and I'm going to organize my life to ensure that I get to the gym in advance because if I just wake up, chances are I'm not really going to do it. And it's really important that when we're talking about um, discipline, that we can't, it's, it's really hard to be disciplined if we aren't making decisions in advance. And who knows that you get, sometimes you get into trouble if you wait until the situation arrives and then you decide who the person is you're going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm going to turn up to that party with a whole group of people and then I'm going to decide how I'm going to behave. Wow. 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 Uh, or you could decide before going anywhere, this is who I want to be. These are the decisions I want to make. This is the kind of person I'm going to be and I'm going to let that decide where I go and what I do. And all it really is is having a vision. Who do I want to be? What do I want to be like? Yeah, I think that's true. You know, it's not just about having a vision for what you want to do. It's having a vision for who you want to be yeah. in life, the kind of person you want to be, the kind of home you want to raise your children in. You know, that's, that's the vision that we're talking about. So if advanced decision-making is the key to, to discipline, I believe that the essence of discipline is delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. John 10, 10. Jesus said that we, uh, that uh, um, says that, uh, Jesus came that we might have life and life in abundance. You know, that we can live life on all cylinders, that we can, we can live life and, right. and enjoy everything that God has on offer. See, delay gratification understands that you can have your reward now. You can. Or you can take it, invest it, and have an even greater reward in time. See, instant gratification is like eating the seed. Instead of planting the seed, harvesting the wheat, baking a bread roll, and filling it with your, your cheese and beef burger. Oh, come on. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what instant gratification is versus delayed gratification. See, delayed gratification understands that you, you reap and sow in different seasons. You sow in one season, and then you reap in the next. See, the Bible talks about in Genesis seed, time, and harvest. It's this, this truth in life. It's been sown into creation. Seed, time, and harvest. Now, all of us, we understand the sowing, and really, that's, that's easy. And we, we understand the reaping. That's definitely easy. We enjoy reaping of what we're sowing, but it's the time that most of us struggle with. You know, it's the time, that delay, that trips most of us up. You know, we, we live in the microwave generation. Every one of us, we're becoming, as days go and as Apple releases an updated iOS, we get more impatient in life. You know, we want things now. We want things instantaneous. And there's shortcuts available. You know, higher purchase, credit card, surgery. 
You know, we have shortcuts available to, to achieve the goals that we wanted to achieve without putting the effort in or taking the time. Proverbs 13, 11, it says this, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears, but wealth from hard work grows over time. The weight strengthens us. It strengthens us. See, delayed gratification, it builds the character that we need that, so we can sustain what God wants to give us. You know, God wants to bless us. He wants to, to pour out His favor on our lives, but He doesn't want us to be buried by it. You know, He wants us to build the kind of character where we can sustain everything that He's wanting to give us. Yeah, yeah. The heart of God is, He, he wants all of us to experience a full life that he actually cares about us too much to just live a mediocre type life. But actually the heart of God is, no, I wanna see every one of my children flourish in the things of God. But when it comes to God, he's, he's not just interested in certain aspects of our world. He's actually interested in my whole world. He, he is interested in my physical health. He is interested in my finances. He is interested in my relationship and he's interested in my spirit walk. And that, that's really, uh, over the next 20 minutes uh, that we have, or 25 minutes, we want to unpack these four areas uh, in, a, in a bit more detail, just around these are four areas where we identify if we want to live a fullness of life, and we wholeheartedly believe God is concerned about all these areas, not just working out one. It's like when you go to the gym and you just work your arms, uh, but, but your legs get left behind. Uh, but we want to work every area of our life. Yeah, speaking of big arms, actually, we're going to invite our first guest speaker to the stage to uh, introduce our first subject around physical discipline. Everyone put your hands together for Tavita Tai. Let's give it up for Tavita. All run. All right, all right. Welcome, Tavita. Do you want a coffee? Hello. No, you'd, you'd rather have a green smoothie or something, right? Is that? Yeah. Protein the water. Water, water, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, Tavita, Tavita, so um, give us a bit about what, what do you do for a profession? Uh, I work full time at CLS, but um, part time I'm a, fitness, a group fitness instructor. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, personal trainer. Awesome, awesome. So, so, how many hours would you spend at the gym per week? Uh, probably not as much as Scotty, That's but right. um, sure, right. and Willem as well. You can tell. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, you probably, can pay you later, man. Don't worry. Probably like seven to ten hours. Uh, yeah, between there. All oh, right, right. So, yeah. so how much can you bench? Well, right. a, how, much how much can you bench? <laughs> oh man, uh, very cringe uh, question to answer. Uh, <laughs> probably, uh, I think the standard at the gym is like uh, honestly 100 kgs for 10 reps. I think so. All right. All right. Can I so sweep that can, what, last what year? Yeah, about 110, so. 110. Oh, you're almost there, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get you there, Tavita, we'll, we'll get yeah, you yeah. there. Yeah. You should be here. <laughs> so, Tavita, have you, have you always been this disciplined? Uh, no, it's just like, it's a journey, I guess, just like everything else. You know, you start one day a week, and then, and then yeah, you, you, you build <laughs> from there. There you go, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a start. No, nah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the more you do it, the, the more the, the vision grows and the, the passion and the desire. And then, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, so why do you put yourself through all this, all that hard work and that training? Um, obviously, there's the physical benefits, like, yeah. look, feeling good and, and being stronger and fitter. Um, looks. Looks, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah there's also, you know, having more energy to, to do stuff. Um, being more equipped, I guess, for God's purpose as well. Um, right. and That's a great answer. I think, um, yeah, 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 yeah had to remember that one. But um, <laughs> uh, there's one more. Um, oh, we'll just, yeah. No, I can't good. remember. <laughs> Sorry. Awesome. Yeah. Now, let's give Tavita a hand. <laughs> Oh, actually, uh, Tavita, before you go, um, I, I reckon, uh, would you be able to teach us maybe a, a couple of things, maybe one thing uh, we can put into practice uh, in our own week around uh, okay. uh, our own personal training? All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Everybody get up. Let's go. You guys heard of Zumba? 
I need a taste. You guys hear the zumba, right? This is Tavita Robux, alright? Can we turn that up? Can we turn it up? Alright, here we go. Let's walk to the promised land. This way. Alright? Next way. Nice. Other way. Alright, I think we, we should have warmed up first. Just release the limbs, alright? Just go like that. Alright, and then jump this way. Here we go, follow me. Nice. This is how they do squats and crossfit. This is for Dwayne. Alright. This is a crossfit squat. Alright, let's go. Here. Nice. Alright, here. This one. Stand up, cross the serpent's head. Alright. Other way. Nice. Alright, that's us. Thank you. Let's give it up for Tavita. I'm tired. Hey, yeah. man. Uh, that's it. Some water. That up. <laughs> okay, breathe, breathe. Do you know, um, you know what you can really uh, just pick up from from Tavita, and uh, I think achieving good physical condition is impossible without advanced decision making and delayed gratification. You know, I think all of us are, are drawn to the the next big thing. You know, the the thing that's going to change everything. Uh, whether it's a, a detox smoothie diet or, or, or like some CrossFit, new CrossFit regime. But really the key to change is more of the same. Yeah. Sticking things out. See, when it comes to exercise, sometimes it's good to change, but sometimes it's good to remain the same. Right. Just keep consistent. Make routine the goal. See, getting to the gym is half the battle. But if you can make a, a routine out of exercise, a routine out of, out of healthy eating, uh, you've already won half the battle. Because really, make routine the goal. Now, in recent times, I've uh, made a routine out of going to the gym during my lunch break. And at 12.30 p.m., I, I drop what I'm doing, grab my sports bag, and I head to the gym. But usually around 12.15, uh, without fail, my, my body starts sending signals. We all know those signals, I'm sure. You don't, you don't really want to work out today. You know, you, you're awful busy at work. Uh, you know, you're a little sore. I think there may be an injury coming on. You know, who's ever felt that one before? <laughs> you really don't want to leave now, do you? You know, just getting started. And yet, you're entering into this internal dialogue with your body. Uh, and if you haven't made a decision in advance, what you're gonna do, it's, it's unlikely you're gonna decide at 12.15 that you're gonna go to the gym, that you're gonna exercise, that you're gonna, you're gonna make the right decision. But if you make the decision in advance, it's gonna help your case. You're gonna have weight to your argument. When you enter into that dialogue with your body, you're gonna be able to tell your body what you're gonna do. See, the truth is I could skip a day. You know, I, even two days, and I probably wouldn't tell the difference. You know, I probably wouldn't see the, the, the impact. But who knows that one day becomes two, two days becomes three, three days becomes a week, and before long, I'm, I'm out of routine. Before long, uh, it's, it's a distant reality. You know, we become one of those statistics. Uh, see, feelings are important. They tell us a lot. Feelings are important. They, they give us insight into our soul. They, 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 they're what makes life enjoyable. But, you know, we, we can't get on board with our feelings. Yeah. Because feelings are really like a, a dog on a leash. Now, dogs are, are fun. Scott knows a lot about dogs. Yeah, a little. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he, he raised he a few a in his time. Um, but really, uh, dogs are, are fun, but unless you rein that dog in, it's gonna drag you wherever it wants to go. It's gonna drag you through the mud, through the bushes. Uh, but really, you gotta, you gotta rein that dog in, just like your feelings. I, I believe that the single greatest key to being successful in life is learning to lead your feelings instead of letting your feelings lead you. Yeah, that's right. and, and the fruit of physical discipline is, is more than just a hot bod. You know, a lot of us, we exercise because we want to look good in front of the mirror, but, but it changes everything. You know, your, your, your emotional well-being, you're, you're happier, you're, you're, you're more balanced, you're more able to cope with pressure and stress, anxiety. Uh, you're more social, you can hang out with friends. It's, uh, the, the, the blessings of, of, of physical discipline are huge. 
You know, but it comes, uh, as Esther said, about establishing routine, about uh, just starting with, with where you're at and then making a decision to move forward. And uh, I really think that the same principle applies relationally, right? Yeah, I think, I think it does. If we're talking about not getting on board with our feelings, I think it's, a, it's the same key when we're talking about relational boundaries as well. And this is um, a relational discipline. It's really important to have relational discipline because we're all created to have relationship. We're created to live in community um, and to live and do life together. When God created the planet and when he created all of creation, day one, it was good. Day two, it was good. Day three, it was everything was good. And there's only one time God said, this is not good. And that's when he said, it's not good for man to live alone. And so it's really important that we understand um, in our relationships, we have to be disciplined because we actually don't have the option as sons and daughters of God to say, I'm just gonna cut that person off. Actually, I'm not gonna take care of this relationship, but all of us together, we're called to live in relationship with each other. Um, And so with discipline, I think the first place that we ever encounter any sort of relational discipline is in the home with our parents. Now, I could tell you some discipline stories. (laughs) Go on. Um, But I don't have any children. (laughs) And neither does Ed or Scott. So we're gonna get uh, um, an incredible mum in our church. We're gonna invite up another guest, Mrs. Caroline Marshall, who has some incredible children who are growing up in the church. She's gonna come and join us on stage. Um, Her son, Aaron, was giving the offering message today. So well done, Caro and Mike. Great parenting. All right, Caroline, um, Josh is bringing you your coffee. Um, Yeah, he's bringing you your long black. So um, Caroline, can you tell us, how many children do you have? Three. You have three? And a couple of extras that, you know, that's not. Hang around. And a couple of extras, okay. And which one is your favorite? Be honest. The one that looks after me the most as I get old. Ah, right? Clever mama. (laughs) Okay, well, um, Caroline, you have incredible children. Um, Josh and Aaron and Elisa, they're so awesome. The question I wanted to ask you was how important was the way you and Mike disciplined yourselves to be great parents? Got a few notes here. Um, It's pretty important. I think good parenting is really good discipline. Um, And when I thought about this, I thought every family has a shape, and children are the product of the shape of their family, Um, and also the shape of their church family. And it takes discipline to create a healthy family shape. It's about who you are and your character as a parent, not about what you tell them to do. Um, And some of the things that Mike and I got right in parenting, and you know us both, we're very normal. Um, firstly, we strive to put God at the center of our lives. And we're both different personalities, so we did this in a different way. To know Jesus personally and make him the center of our family and to make him visible in the family as well. Um, church every Sunday, didn't matter what happened, if we were tired from babies all night or not feeling wonderfully well, we just went there because we knew if the children were gonna value the house, It had to be a priority for us. Um, And godly people around us. We had to look at our friendships and work out who were the ones that were going to encourage us and champion us and our children, and who were the ones that we were leading and not going to necessarily come under um, the authority. Um, We had to learn to love and respect ourselves as people and each other in our marriage if we wanted our children to love and respect others. if we could love and respect ourselves, then um, we could parent our children that way as well. And so I think respect is hugely important for a parent when you're parenting children. And respect, in my book, it's 100% of the time. You respect your children and love them 100% of the time. Even when you're angry with them, you can still respect them. Those things don't change. And respect really equals self-control. So, of course, you're going to get angry with your children, but respect would say you're not going to berate them and yell at them and lose control of your tongue. You, you have control of your language and your words and the way you express to them 
we had a rule that we wouldn't tell our children off in front of their friends unless we really had to, out of respect for them. We would quietly discipline them later because they do silly things. But um, it was just a respect thing and, and our children have res always respected us and continue to do so as adults. But we had to show them how to do that. Um, and choose your words well. And as Sam said this morning, you need truth and you need grace together. Um, thirdly, we had to set boundaries for ourselves. If we were going to teach our children boundaries, which is a must do, we, we couldn't have double standards. So we, had a, we believed that what we watched on TV, what we watched in the way of movies, what we clicked on on the um, computer, music and the lyrics and what we allowed in was going to bear fruit. It was either good fruit or it was bad fruit. But we had to lead the way. There was no point in us telling our children, you need to do this, and then we would go off, oh, well, you can't watch that, and then we'd go and watch it. And it's just a discipline, you know. Children can pick up when you have got a double standard. So that integrity is very important as a parent. And it's costly, you know. You have to really work that. It doesn't come easily, it's discipline. Um, Exercise humility, it's a real discipline. You know, we get it wrong as parents. And um, I think to be able to exercise humility is so important. You know, for both Mike and I, there's times we've realized, oh, we got that wrong, or oh, we're a bit hard there. And so to repent and just listen and say, okay, God, listen to your child, firstly, that takes discipline and then listen to what God's saying, and to repent and turn away and change that behavior if it's correct to do so, and to apologize as well when you need to. Um, you have to die to the flesh as a parent uh, and be consistent. If you've got a two-year-old, Joshua Marshall, that doesn't go, want to go to bed and he gets up time and time again and he wants a drink of water and he's lonely and he wants another story, it takes energy to get up. Josh. <laughs> to get up off the couch and put that child back to bed without losing your rag and just be firm and keep being consistent and keep getting up. And you know what it's like as a parent, you're exhausted. You don't want to get up off the couch again, but you've got to teach them that discipline and you've got to lead the way. If it's your 11-year-old daughter or son, or whatever age that want you to sit on the bed for half an hour and listen to their friendship dramas and the mental dramas and, you know, this, that and the other. It's just a discipline. It's dying to yourself, really, and just doing the work you need to do as parents um, so they know that you're connected to them and you've got that relational stuff down. Um, and I think, lastly, praying for your children and getting vision. I think vision's been the thing that's held us both through. Sometimes it is thankless work. But if you can see with God's help where you're going and what the outcome could be, and you really pray into that. I mean, Mike, and I'm known as the prayer, but he is so faithful to pray, and he's just the rock when it comes to prayer. Um, and it's so important we can't do it on our own. We just can't. We haven't got the wisdom. It's so hard for us human beings to be disciplined. We just need to continually go back to God. Well, we muck it up, we go back to God and say, okay, God, show me what to do. Um, but it's worth it all. So get it in while you can, and then you have great adult children, and then you're free. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give it up for Mama Marshall. How great is that wisdom? So good. Um, and I, I just want to um, carry, carry on and continue to talk a little bit more about um, relational discipline. And there's uh, one thing that I have learned probably more while being uh, married and while I was dating. And it's this, this key verse that's going to come up on the screen in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 that says, uh, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for a... Who laughed? <laughs> for anger gives a foothold to the devil, or um, do not give the devil a foothold. And I think it's really important. Um, what, what I learned was the discipline of working things through. Um, the, the discipline of saying, do you know what? I value you and I value us and our relationship um, more than, our current, than my current level of comfort. 
because I would rather just get on with it, if you know me. I'd rather just get on with it. It doesn't matter, I'll just get on with the task and do what I need to do. But one thing that my husband has taught me is that we don't let the sun go down on our anger. But it's not just for a married couple or people who are dating, it's actually for friendships as well. Come on, I think it's actually really important as friends that we are able to confront each other lovingly and be disciplined in our friendships to love the other person more than our own comfort to say, hey, actually, I think um, there's an offense here that we need to deal with, or I think you might be making some wrong decisions, uh, but you know, choose your words carefully, et cetera. Uh, (laughs) And um, so I, I, I really think that's really important that we have the discipline to deal with stuff in love um, and to, to be tender in our relationships, but also to be tough in our relationships as well and say, now nah, come on, we're gonna work things through. That's awesome, that's awesome. Uh, I think a, a, another area, obviously other area that we wanna uh, apply this discipline to is in the area of our finances, financial discipline. Who knows that it, it feels good to spend money? Isn't that right? It feels good. You know, when, when you're feeling low, we, we self-medicate uh, by buying stuff. You know, because the reality is, as it does, it feels good. Uh, if there's any area where both aspects of discipline can be applied, this is it. Uh, this is it. Delayed gratification. See, you experience pain uh, when you make a conscious decision not to spend money on something that you really want. Uh, but with time, as your nest egg grows, uh, you, you experience the reward and satisfaction of doing it the right way. There's delayed gratification, advanced decision-making. If you or or you and your spouse put together a budget at the beginning of the year, praying about it, agreeing on it, and putting it down on paper, do you know, it's a heck of a lot easier to live within your means as the months go on. Uh, And really, that's an example of advanced decision-making. And the reality is, if you don't force discipline into this area, uh, if you find yourself wandering down the street and and, and walking past a shop uh, window, you look into the shop and see a pair of shoes that you love, you walk in, uh, you quickly check your bank balance, realize you've got just enough to buy those shoes but nothing left over, uh, you're gonna make an impulsive decision. You're gonna make a decision based on the situation, the circumstance, and what's available at the time. Uh, but if you've got a budget in place, if, if, if you're, you're, you've made a decision uh, in advance, you're more equipped to face that situation, to, to put disciplines into your life. See, it's, it's not about the money. It's not, it's not about the money you make. Uh, it's about what you do with it. Because really, in reality, easy come, easy go. If you find money's coming in quickly, chances are it's gonna go out just as quick. Uh, but it's what you do with your money that truly counts. And so we're gonna get a little bit practical uh, just for the next few minutes. And just a few tips that I've picked up uh, in our journey uh, of managing finances. And the first one is, goes without saying is tithe. Tithe first. You know, I tithe uh, out of, firstly out of obedience because the Bible tells me to. Uh, but the, the spin-off benefit is that giving breaks the power that money has over us. You know, it sets us free. Because money is a great servant, but it's a terrible master. You know, and money does have power, it can have power over us. But as we give, we begin to have power over money. So tithe first. The next tip is pay yourself. Pay yourself. Now establish how much you wanna save and then adjust your lifestyle to fit what's left. You make a decision, oh, this is how much I wanna save every fortnight. Then make conscious decisions to adjust your lifestyle so that you can live within your means. Pay yourself second. Uh, I heard a great saying. Actually, Scott, what was that saying that you were sharing the other day? About, uh, about rich people and poor people? A lot, a lot of sayings. Uh, <laughs> a lot yeah. of sayings. Now, there's, I remember a big, a big change in my mindset uh, when it came to finances was when I heard a man say that, um, uh, the big difference between the wealthy and the unwealthy is that the wealthy save first and spend the rest. The unwealthy spend first and save the rest. It's just that there's never any rest. 
uh, when you spend first. That's true. Uh, That's and true. that was a big mental shift when I went, man, it's not how much you earn, it's about what you do with what you have. Yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Uh, another great tip is stop using credit. Uh, stop using credit. You know, what it does is it forces you to find better ways to finance your life without going into debt. Uh, it forces you to think outside of the box, you know. Uh, it's a great backup, uh, but, but the, the challenge is we begin to adjust our life to fit it. You know, so, so making a decision, if you're, if you're struggling to manage your finances, stop using credit. Another one is make a plan. Make a plan. It's one thing to have a goal, but have you got a plan? Put a plan in place. You know, when we first got married, we, we came up with a strategy. We would take out uh, cash, because uh, you know, it's so easy to lose track of what you're spending on your, on your FPOS card, and we just spend cash, because you know how much you got left. And, and another thing we actually put into practice was the envelope system. Uh, where you, you take an envelope, a bunch of envelopes, you write a label on them, you fill them with how much you want to spend in that area uh, of your life, whether it's haircuts or, or bills or groceries, whatever it is, and you spend until there's nothing left, and then you wait until you've got more in it. But, but just make a plan. Put, put systems in place that can help you. Another one is practice mindful spending. Ask yourself questions. Do I need this? Is this what I came to get? Can I do without? Ask yourself those kind of questions because they help you to, to be consciously spending rather than subconsciously spending. And the final one is have a little fun. Uh, enjoy yourself. You know, reward yourself when you reach milestones in your, in your saving because you want to make the journey worthwhile. Uh, so set self goals, but reward yourself when you reach them. And, and the fruit of financial discipline is freedom. Uh, you're free in life. You're free to, to make the decisions that you want to make. You're not bound by money or, 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 or the situation around you. You're, you're not feeling the weight uh, of financial burden. You're free in life. And what I reckon is, is budgeting and financial management, it's really, we've, we've heard all this stuff before. Uh, I reckon it's 10% theory, but it's 90% practice. It's about putting stuff into practice. Uh, I believe that change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. You know, it's about, it's about making change so you can live a better life. And a lot of us have heard this before. Uh, a lot of us have even put this, this, these kind of principles into practice, but we haven't been able to follow through. And that's why we need God's help. Yeah, it's, it, you know, God's not a God that sets a task for us but doesn't back us up. Uh, by helping us through, and I know I can sit here and listen to all this and think, man, I've got work to do on my life, but I, I love the fact that, that actually God strengthens us for the journey, that, right. that actually we don't, we don't need to do this in isolation of God's help, uh, but actually we can ask God and ask God to identify in us. But then also ask God for the strength to follow through on some of this stuff. And, and that's where our spirit and our spiritual walk with God and our time with God is, is actually so important. Uh, because it's, everything in life is, you know, in Western culture, we often put things in certain boxes. But actually everything we do, like I said earlier, God's interested in it. He's interested in our whole life, and it's, it's really our, our spiritual walk, the spiritual side to us that actually links these things together. They're, they're not just separate things, but they're tied together, and uh, having good spiritual discipline is, is such a key to living a flourishing life. Now, we understand that, you know, we're saved by grace, that it's a gift from God. Our spiritual life is a gift as much as our physical world is a gift that it's all a gift from God, but we do understand that it will not grow unless we take care of it. The same way that we will not grow physically if we don't exercise in that, it's the same with our spiritual walk. If we're not taking the time to spend time with God, we're not taking the time to strengthen and discipline ourselves around our spiritual time with God, we will not grow spiritually. And uh, you know, I, and I heard a quote, uh, early on this week, that it's actually the, it's the small choices in the unseen that result in the big impact that everybody wants. That, that in life, so many people wanna, want a big impact and make a big difference in this world and do great things for God. But we, where that comes from is actually just through the small choices. Hey, this morning, I'm gonna wake up and spend time with God. I'm gonna take time this morning to pray with God. 
to allow God to speak into my life. And, you know, Ed talked early on about getting your, not getting on board with your emotions. And even in this whole, whole area that our feelings don't always feel like it. But there's a greater thing at, at stake here. And we got to, like it said, learn even in this area on how to rein in our feelings. You know, it, it mentioned about a dog on a leash. And I've trained a few dogs in my time. Uh, and, and one thing, uh, the reason we would teach a dog to walk well on a leash and then ultimately what we'd do is try and teach the dog to walk beside us without a leash is because when we, we wouldn't take a pup or, or a young dog out hunting unless we could do this. Not for our sake, but for the dog's sake. Because if we popped out on a, on a road out of the bush and came out on the road and found ourselves in a situation, I needed to know that dog knew how to come in, how to come close, how to stick near for the safety of the dog. And, and it's even like that in our own world. If we want to get in these situations where God can work through us and have faith to break through, we actually, first of all, need to learn how to rein ourselves in and get tight with God. You know, you, you look at uh, Daniel's life. Uh, Daniel and the Lion's Den is this story, you know, Sunday school, you would have heard about it. And we can look at that moment and think, man, they're so awesome. He silenced the mouths of lions. But the reason that was, that whole situation came about was simply because three times a day, Daniel would go home and just pray to God. And it was actually the, the taking the time to pray to God that enabled Daniel to be able to silence the mouths of lions. And, and I, I know all of us want to advance in, in what we're doing, our impact, in our spiritual world. We want to have more authority. We want to, we want to be able to do more for God. But where it all begins is what we're doing in the unseen. It, it all starts in the quiet place, in, in the unseen place. And, you know, there's a study done recently on 3,000 Christians, and they, 90% of them said, I want to grow closer to God. But only 19% of them actually read their Bible daily. But there's a desire in all of us to say, I want to grow closer to God. But then it comes down to it, man, are we willing to put the time in with God? Are we willing to go there with God? And, you know, you can often think about the demands of a day. But if, and, and I just don't have time for that. It's so hard to make regular time. But, I mean, if you look in Scripture, Luke 5, 16, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, I know I don't have as much on my plate as what Jesus did. That he had humanity to say. Now, he, he had a world that needs him. But even Jesus saw the importance of stopping and taking time with the Father. And if Jesus needed it, how much more do we need it? To be able to, to be able, for him to be able to go on the cross, he needed to be close to God. For us to outwork and get in the things that God has in store for us, we need to be close to God. And there's no shortcut to this. You know, there's not quite this. There's no fast food maturity. You know, we, we can't shortcut just simple time with God. And it can sound so simple because it is so simple that we just need to stop sometimes and say, man, where am I at with my walk with God? You know, um, Bill Heibel simply says, you make time for the things you value. If you don't value something, you won't. And I know a lot of us in this room, we value God. But the question is, do you value time with God? Do you value the time with God? Because if we can take that spiritual discipline in our world, we can actually start to see these things happen around our world. Uh, but it all starts with a small decision. Hey, this morning, I'm not going on Facebook first thing. Well, I'm going to the Word. Small decision. Daily ends up into a big result. And it's so important for us to understand the need to connect with God because I even realize when I'm more spiritually disciplined, I'm better disciplined. I take more care of myself. I take more care of my finances. I take more care of my relationships. Why? Because God's involved in it all now because I'm taking Him. But just lastly, it's, it's so important when it comes to time with God that it's not just onto the next scripture or onto the next, you know, I'm not listening to the next podcast and get, but actually taking time to allow God and reflect in God. So actually sometimes you gotta stop in those moments and say, God, come on, speak to my life right now. Come on, show me how I can grow in you. That it's, it's not always about just the next book and the next scripture or the next podcast. Sometimes it is about stopping. And you know, in the, the book we've been going through, Boo Heibels talks about these three things we need in our walk with God. The first thing is input, a regular space, turning up to church regular, going to e-group regularly. 
you know, getting into your, your word yourself regularly, having a regular input. The second thing, though, he says is what you need. If you've got regular input, you need reflection. You need reflection. There's times when you need to just stop and say, God, help me. What's the condition of my spirit right now? Help me grow in this area. And then the third thing is just abstinence. That if you want to grow closer to God, there's things you've got to grow away from. You've got to pull away from. If, if you want to get closer to God, you, sometimes there's stuff in your world and you've got to say, I've just got to stop going there. If I want to get closer to God, I've got to leave some stuff behind. And, and it's so important in our walk with God. We're, we're taking time with Him because that's where the authority comes from. But it's not just about what God can do for us. We're designed and fashioned for a relationship with God. And it's so important, if we want to live a full and content life, it all just begins with taking time for God. It's the small choices that nobody sees that results in the big impact everybody wants. It's the small choices that matter. Yeah, that's good. It is a small decision. You know, decisions to save instead of spend, to pray instead of procrastinate, or talk instead of turn on Netflix. You know, it's, it's about the, the small decisions. and. And, you know, we've heard from a, 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 there's a bunch of different areas that we can, uh, we can uh, grow in our, our discipline in, but it really it comes down to this. Uh, you know, 3 John 2 says, uh, Beloved, I pray that you're, you would prosper in every area of your life as your soul prospers. You know, and it's so important that we are living life from the inside out. Uh, it's not about making adjustments outside without... But, but neglecting the inside. And, and, and as we said before, as Scott mentioned, Jesus is interested in every area of our life. Uh, you know, it says of Jesus that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. He grew in every area of our life and, and he's, he's wanting the same for us. You know, he came that we might have life and life more abundantly, that we could live the life that we we're always designed to live. We could live life, hit life on all cylinders. Enjoy everything uh, that is on offer. And, and sometimes, you know, we can be growing and moving forward in one area of life, uh, but neglecting another. You know, we, we overcompensate uh, in one because we feel insecure in another. But it's so important that we present every area of our life to God so that we can be blessed and live the kind of life that He's calling us to live. Is that cool? Awesome. This is how we party, lifting.